podcasting rent-free from the top of your head. You're listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. You mentioned something on our thread earlier today that gave me... It brought a lot of sadness to me, to my heart. Okay, I did. Yes. <laughs> so like any other day, but this one in particular stood out. Is Resident Alien really the only other Alan Tudyk thing you've seen outside of Rogue One? <laughs> um, maybe <laughs> I can't. I can't believe that that is actually true. But I was like, I haven't watched Firefly, oh, which Catherine. I know that he was in. And um, I mean, I well, so I watched some of the Harley Quinn show, and he does the Joker in that. So does that does that count? I watched like the first season of that. Does that count? <laughs> I I have mixed feelings about whether that should count or not. <laughs> now I have to like IMDb. I don't know. I as I wrote that, I was a little bit horrified because I I know who Alan Tudyk is. <laughs> Obviously, but I was like, God, I think this might be the but only But also, thing I'm not I- counting any of his, uh, like, cartoon animated feature voice roles. He's, he's done a lot of oh. side characters in, like, you know, obviously yeah. Disney films. He's, like, been very prominent the last couple of years. But, you know, even before that, I think he showed up in the Ice Age movies as little minor characters. Little stuff like that. But I'm talking prominent role stuff yet, like like Firefly. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I just looked up on IMDb, and I watched him in The Knight's Tale, A Knight's Tale, back in uh, 2001 with Heath Ledger and our other favorite, you know, non-human man, Paul Bettany. <laughs> Paul so, Bettany's What? Paul Bettany's in that movie? It has yes. been a while, and I never saw it all the way. Yes, yes. Paul Bettany is in that movie. Um, so, wow. <laughs> look, there's one more to add to my list. Three. <laughs> the correct answer was Dodgeball, but oh, okay. Well, I haven't seen that, so sorry. But I do have to say, can you convince me that Alan Tudyk is not actually an alien playing a human? Because <laughs> not not convinced that he's not just full on alien. <laughs> I think he's a robot because he plays I mean, a very convincing robot <laughs> in Rogue One and I Robot, where he was the main uh, main robot in that movie. Sony. Oh, I've seen that too. That was Alan Tudyk. Yeah, that's Alan Tudyk. Oh, well, see, he just does robots and aliens really well. So he's clearly <laughs> found his wheelhouse. <laughs> and I clearly one, after after all these years, he's finally all found these, it. <laughs> I, for one, am loving it, loving it. Uh, so tangent before we get into our main resident alien discussion, just like to remind everyone that I have actually met Alan Tudyk. And we're yes. best friends forever now. And <laughs> I told him, yo, Alan, my friend Kat, she hasn't seen your shit. What do we do? And he just Sorry. responded one thing, one, one little phrase. Help her. <laughs> I got you, bro. Yeah. But yes, I, I met him at El Paso Comic Con a couple years back. Got a photo with him. Uh, he liked my Con Man uh, shirt. <laughs> oh, I got his autograph on a script of Con Man. It's, it, was, it was a cool day, but he is... He's one of those guys that you do want to meet, one of those celebrities that you do want to meet. 
and they live up to it. Real down to earth, real. From what, from what I remember, anyway, I was very, very much uh, starstruck. <laughs> 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 I don't remember actually taking the photo, but it's there, so it happened. I remember. I remember you texting us about it. So <laughs> we got to live vicariously. But I do remember that, which is cool. Because he seems like a really cool guy for an alien. For an alien. <laughs> or a robot. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into our main spoilerific discussion on the first three episodes of Resident Alien, which is, by the way, the best show on TV right now that you're probably not watching. Yes. Um, let's look at the comic a bit because we prepared a bit before watching. We, <laughs> we by did. Reading we're the extra prepared. Vastly, vastly different uh, comic origins of of the character in the series. Yeah. So, I mean, I was I was prepared to talk about both of them side by side, and I don't know if I can talk about one without talking about the other. But going into this, I had. No idea what to expect, so I thought the show was going to be pretty close to the comics. And to my surprise, they're quite a bit different. Um, Even even the main character of Harry um, is different. Um, I mean, we'll kind of get into some specifics, I think, but... um, I They are different, but I really am surprised at how much I love both of them. Like, going into the show, it was like, in the comic... All I knew was that it's about an alien who is blending in with humans and basically trying to pass himself off as human. And that, you know, in the show, it's Alan Tudyk. And I was like, okay, this seems like it could be fun. And lo and hold, behold, to my surprise, I'm like all in on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And I love both the comic and the show, even though the show has really um, definitely kind of taken taken more of an inspiration for the comic and not recreating the comic, um, you know, panel by panel on screen. You know, I, I remember having, I had this conversation with Flip uh, not too long ago about good adaptations versus bad adaptations, specifically okay. with, the, with the video games, you know, video okay. game uh, adaptations in Hollywood and, you know, how they always suck. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, we brought up we brought up some exceptions like like the Detective Pikachu. That's technically a video game movie, a Sonic movie that came out a year ago. And uh, his 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 like you know long story short argument was basically those movies respected the source material. That's why they were good. Me, I I'm not I'm not sold on that argument. A lot of people a lot of people latch on to the whole it respects the source material. That's why it's good for anything for any adaptation mm-hmm. of a book or a comic or a video game. I, I think as long as the writing is good, you could deviate from the source and still be good. And there are a lot of famous examples of that. Yeah. I think the most popular one you can think of right now is uh, Jurassic Park. If you look at Jurassic Park as an adaptation, it's a terrible adaptation. It is nothing like the book. Yes. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, Jurassic Park is a terrible, terrible, terrible adaptation of its source material. But it's on its own a great film. And it stands next to the original novel, in my opinion, as these two different artifacts, right? Uh, yeah. The Shining is another example of, you know, a great film that <laughs> it's a terrible adaptation. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King I mean, has I been very vocal about yeah. that. 
I haven't seen it, but I know have enough pop, pop culture of osmosis and having read it that there's a lot different between the book and the movie there. I mean, the current example that I have in my lexicon is The Expanse, um, which I think <laughs> <laughs> any excuse to bring up The Expanse, um, but which I think is a really good it's it's almost in a way it's both of those because it's really good at staying faithful to the source material, but also adapting it to and changing it to the screen and doing it really well when it needs to, because obviously you can't um keep everything the same from book to screen so that's my current like they're doing it really well and it's it definitely is more of an adaptation in that case but they're also changing things as they need to and doing it in a really well written well executed way um so and in this case i would say that (laughs) aside from like some of the bare bones stuff, it kind of feels like they've they've taken the idea from the comic and they're not so much adapting it as translating it onto the screen um, personally. But I yeah, I, like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call the sci fi series as an adaptation of the of the comic. At, no, by it's, any it's means. inspired by and I'm inspired using by quotes, inspired by yeah. a true story, which is said <laughs> to be a graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is is new. But I love I love both of them. And I'm actually a little bit surprised given how different they are that I like both of them as much as I do. Um, yeah. Uh, so I remember, uh, you know, watch seeing the trailers for the show pop up. I'm like, hey, I, I remember I messaged you. Hey, let's let's talk about Resident Alien. You down for that? And you're like, yeah, cool. It's like, hey, yeah, it's a comic, too. Let's uh, let's, you know, it was very casual, very like, yeah, sure. This, this, this sounds like fun. I like Alan Tudyk. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> let's do and it. And like you, I was not expecting to be so to fall so hard for for both. Like I, I am a total resident alien nut right freak now. now. Yes. Yeah. It's like I want a poster. <laughs> I want a shirt. I haven't stopped I remember, thinking I, about this show or the comics since like I started right. watching, which was like last week. So that's how much this they both have like wormed their way into my brain is like I literally like wake up thinking about Harry Vanderspiegel. Like this is <laughs> this is how into <laughs> Resident Alien I am right now. <laughs> so yeah, I remember in, in preparation for, for this episode, right? Like, oh yeah, re- let's record that next week. We should read the comic. Let's do the, the episodes. They're on the sci-fi app. Cool. I, I remember I, I got the omnibus a couple of weeks ago in preparation for this. It collects the first three volumes. So like, okay, let's let's read the first volume. My first initial reaction to that was, this is very well written, but it's also very laid back. This is not action heavy. This is not no. quote unquote yeah. exciting. It's literally just talking heads with an occasional splash page with a dead body on it because it's a murder <laughs> mystery. Each each one is like a murder mystery, right? Yeah. With a lot, with a heavy heavy noir influence. On very stories, heavy noir influence. Which yeah. I am just living for it. But it's basically about an alien being more human than the humans around him and just him thinking about it, you know, just train of thought and, you know, being nostalgic and just for living his, his life planet. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, this is a very cool comic. I am very much enjoying this story. I read volume one. All right, let's watch the pilot. Let's see uh, what Alan <laughs> Tudyk brings to this. And it opens up with this much more grotesque, monstrous version of the character killing a human and taking on his <laughs> appearance and... It's like, whoa, 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 whiplash. What is going on? This is not the comic. 
I'm intrigued, but this is not the comic by any means. Um, I'm assuming the same was with you. So I, I did, I broke my own rules. Normally I am a read the book before you watch the show or the movie type of person. And I did not do that in this case. Um, I think you were like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch the first episode. And I was like, oh yeah, we're, yeah, I need to do that too. So I'm going to watch it too. So I just decided to dive in and watch the show. And I watched the first two episodes and we were texting back and forth like the show is great. The show is freaking <laughs> hilarious because it is. Um, um, was not expecting how hilarious it would be. And so then I was like, OK, well, now I need to go download the comic. And I think I tore through the whole omnibus in like one day in one sitting. Like, I think I watched the two episodes and then I was like, and now I'm just going to read this entire giant book. Um, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and so it was, it was a little bit jarring, but I also, I don't know, like maybe because it's the graphic novel and the way that they're kind of set up as the comics are kind of set up as these shorter noir stories where it's not, it's like you were saying, it's not very action heavy. It's kind of more introspective and he's almost, you know, he's, an alien who's playing human, who's playing detective in a way. And so they're very he's playing human in a better way than humans play human. Yeah. I should add. Yeah. And and, you know, kind of getting to to live out his noir fantasies at the same time. And they're very they're very quick reads, you know, kind of like the Penny Dreadful, the old, you know, Penny Dreadful noir mm-hmm. um, books that I think kind of inspired this so like man i just tore through the first <laughs> the first three first three volumes um i was like yes i'm sold i love book harry who's much more sedate um than tv <laughs> harry sedate that's a that's a nice way to put it <laughs> but um pleasant <laughs> nice. book harry you want to you want to go to just have you want to have a nice conversation with him at a coffee I wanna shop i want to like have yeah i want to have a cup of tea with him i want to talk about our favorite books i mean he's a man after my own heart like he owns boxes and boxes of books oh, you know and that's that's uh, i think that's a thing that both you and i found really relatable because yes, he's all about yeah. the books but he's also and all about DVDs. the dvds yeah i was like hey he likes this physical media yeah yeah so, so I mean, yeah, I just want to, I want to go, um, you know, I want to have a cup of tea with him and talk about books and, um, what, what TV shows he, he likes, what cable TV shows he likes to watch. Um, yeah. And then you go to TV show Harry and he's, he's an asshole, <laughs> but I, but see, and so normally like I could see where that would be off putting to people that really enjoyed the comics, but. I don't know if it's for whatever reason I can separate them in my mind. So I love book Harry and I love TV Harry, who's an asshole learning how to be human. Right. They gotta <laughs> haven't give quite him an figured arc. it out yet. <laughs> that's a that's a good uh, observation though. Uh, book Harry has as much as likable as he is, as cool as he is to just you know watch him do his thing. He doesn't really have an arc per se, right? He's he's the same character he was at. The beginning that he is at the end, maybe a little more open just because he's interacting with people now. Yes. Yeah. But that was quickly resolved right away. Right. There's no real emotional journey here. He's just living his life. 
And whereas yeah. the TV show, you have you need to have that character journey. Yes. And they just decided and- to go from asshole to less of an <laughs> asshole, hopefully. Well, and I mean, you know, we're kind of going to talk about the TV show and the comic interchangeably, I think. But like in the in the TV show, he's been Harry has been on Earth a lot for a much shorter period of time. You know, yes. in the comic, one thing that is different right off the bat is that Harry has been on Earth for four years in in the graphic novel. So he's had time um, to adapt and learn a little bit more. And we do see some similarities, like in the comic, he learns to talk and read by, you know, by consuming basically every kind of book, you know, starting with, you know, kid board books all the way up to, like, Grey's Anatomy textbook. Um, and, you know, we see... TV Harry doing that too, except he's using Law and Order. And I also like that little connection because there's, yeah, you know, kind of that detective slash yeah. noir connection right there with the the Law and Order and um the noir novels in the in the book. So <laughs> there, there's there's sprinklings of book Harry. Yes, with it's TV like it, it's like they've taken the kind of some of the bare bones and then translated them into a more I don't know, modern or updated um, setting. Edgy. edgy. It's an edgier. Yeah. It's an edgier story than. than yes. Her. Yeah. <laughs> the language alone makes it <laughs> a little oh, bit man, edgier. The one-liners than... <laughs> in the show. If you if you are into one-liners, this is the show for you. Because oh my all, gosh, there's all so we have many. been doing the last couple of days is just it's messaging <laughs> one-liners <laughs> for Resident Alien. <laughs> uh. It is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just so in love with the show right now for for everything. It's well written. All the characters, like, oh my god, come, let's talk about uh, uh, Asta for a bit. She Asta, Asta, not Asta, yes. Asta, <laughs> As, Asta. Little Asta. the Canadian came out in me. <laughs> <laughs> she, our, 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 in episode three especially, I was just like, wow, this this character, I think, is being done a little bit better in the show than in the book. Or... I think so. She's definitely more fleshed out in the show already in three episodes than I feel like she is in the book a little bit. She's got a, her you know, her backstory, we've gotten a little bit more in depth there and there's also some hidden depths like we get this that emotional gut punch yeah, um in episode 3 and I'm going to say a spoiler um when we find out that she has given a child up for adoption and she knows who that child is like she has interacts with her own daughter every and she day at uh, the yeah clinic. yes and so and it's this this nice um emotional gut punch <laughs> getting stabbed in the fields a little bit um yeah, yeah come out of nowhere good. i mean you got to show where an alien is Drinking milk from a cow's udder, and then a few minutes later, <laughs> you get consensual. an emotional gut punch like that. It's like, wow, wow, you go from that to this, and it's not jarring. It just, it just no, flows it's good. very nicely. Yeah, <laughs> it works. Um, and and I think um, part of that is because the show, I think it's it's doing a good job of. I mean, Harry is the main character, but I think. Obviously, Asta is kind of right there behind him. And so we're seeing kind of both of them um, evolve and we get to learn a little bit more about their intertwining stories, um, you know, as they 
as they continue to interact. The best, yeah, they they interact. Uh, they interact a lot in the show, right? But I mm-hmm. think the biggest difference between you know the relationship in the book, which is you know it's playful, kind of flirtatious too, in some some bits. There's some, yes, there's some. There's there. some <laughs> oh, and which, you just need you. Need, I finished the fourth volume last night, so keep keep reading. Damn it, Catherine. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so they have a playful, somewhat flirtatious relationship. They work together in the in the, in the comic too, but you know, yeah. the relationship is different. But the show frames them both as uh, well, Asta, I should say. You know, we know we know Harry's an outsider, obviously, because he's an alien. Mm-hmm. But the show really leans into Asta's outsider status. She never, she doesn't feel like she really belongs anywhere, and she just never yeah. had the feeling of belonging. Mm-hmm. And that emotional uh, fracture, you know, we'll call that. She's she's kind of broken because of it. On top of all the other traumas she suffered, right? Yeah, that's that fracture has turned into a doorway for both Asta and Harry to, you know, trust each other to next and to understand yeah. each other. Yeah, which is freaking bizarre when you just think about how you know. Again, we get we get a Native American character that's you know gone through these awful things. She's been abused. She had to give up her kid when she was sixteen. Strange father, which uh, isn't her real father, who, which isn't her real father. Yeah, like this is a um, real. This is some a character with some real baggage. Yeah, and you're placing her next to a character who wants to destroy humanity, is really into milk and cereal, <laughs> and wants to fix every problem he comes across with murder. <laughs> and his nem and his nemesis with a ten year old kid. Yeah. <laughs> But somehow this show and its excellent writing makes it work. It meshes so well together. Yeah, it really does. And I, I think I think that's purposeful. And I hope, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily want to get like super speculation heavy, but I really do hope, you know, this is a, it's a 10, 10 episode season. Um, we're three episodes in. And I, I definitely, you know, I think one of my hopes is watching... Um, Watching them, you know, maybe open up to each other a little bit and, you know, we see um, see Harry becoming a little bit more human and the two of them kind of growing to rely on each other, I think, um, given kind of their similar but different outsider statuses in in the town that they're living in. So, you know, if, if we're going to be talking speculation. <laughs> I think the, I think the finale, the at least the season finale. Yeah, you know, this is a show on the Sci-Fi Network, which has become infamous for canceling all, all its shows the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. So this might be it. This might be like the one season we're getting. Yeah, I know. We might. <laughs> no, I hope not. Oh God, right? Adrian, I want more, but so uh, <laughs> but are we going to talk speculation? I think yeah. we're going to get a moment that echoes uh, Harry's first uh, big decision in episode one, where he, you know Asta's being confronted by her. Uh, are the abuse this, of X has. Ex-husband. Well, they're Jimmy? separated. Yeah, separated, I mean, but I, they're still yeah. together. Uh, yeah. Right. Possibly. You know, uh, I... Harry's driving away thinking, yeah, yeah, she's in danger, but, you know, it's none of my business, yada, yada. I'm not going to get involved. But he has grown enough in the 30 minutes we've been with him on this show that he just turns yells, around. damn it, and turns around and goes, help <laughs> oh. her out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think that's a microcosm of what's going to happen at the end of the season or series. I, I think you're right. Or he's not going to blow up or, you know, mm-hmm. make humanity go extinct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or even on a smaller scale, like, because currently, so in the show, Max... 
is like there's a mutation that allows some humans to see through his molecular disguise. And so Max, his current nemesis, is one of these people. And I, yeah, I have a feeling at some point there's going to be this switch where he's going to have to like save Max or like somehow it's going to get flipped and he's going to have to like realize that Mur- you know, murdering Max does not solve the problem. And oh no, he actually has to save Max because that, you know, oh, that's going to be some him step and Max for him. Are going to be best friends by the end of the season, I'm sure. <laughs> that's season two. Yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think it's coming because I think, I think ideally, and I mean, you know, obviously season one is written, so we'll see where it goes. And who knows, maybe it goes completely off the rails, which would be sad. But, you know, I, I would hope that. You know, kind of because in the second and third episodes, we see kind of these men in black type agents that are clearly looking for for Harry and um, which is, again, also different from the comics because there a are lot, again, agents. A, a lot more edgy in the in the show. Yes, than in the, yeah. In the book. Um, in the book, I, I love the depiction in the book of the of the whatever FBI or whatever agency it is. Right. Yeah. Just because <laughs> it's so. <laughs> exactly it could be any agency it's so it's so mundane and there's so much bureaucracy in it it it, it doesn't feel like and they're not you know, the like will the, smith tommy yeah. lee jones men in black it doesn't feel like oh we got the high tech we know things you don't know it's mm-hmm. it's very hey we got a recording last night i think it's fake uh, we'll put it in the file you want some coffee <laughs> sure you know very much like that yes yeah but in the show it's definitely a lot like kind of I mean, yeah, men in got, black like Snapping people's necks to steal when they know their, too much, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to steal their manuscripts, you know, where they talk about their alien encounter. Yeah, but very, but I very different. Yes, but I have a feeling like that external force of that threat is going to force, or I hope it forces Harry to kind of reconsider his own position and like, no, I shouldn't be trying to make enemies of these people because he even says in the first episode, like the connect people, you know, humans connectedness and their desire for connection is a strength. And so I'm hoping that that Harry will come around to that point of view. Um, you know, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a very, very, I, I think that that moment in the finale of the first episode where he mm-hmm. acknowledges that humanity's uh, connection with each other is not a weakness, it's a strength. Yeah. I think that highlights, in a nutshell, how different, like that. that is how you describe how different they are from the book. In the book, he... He's nostalgic for his own planet. He left behind a lover mm-hmm. and they had to make a choice. You know, do you wait for me or do you not? Because you have other responsibilities to your family. I'm going to go to Earth for a while. You know, very hard decision coming to Earth in the first place. Whereas in the show, it's just very, you know, typical alien, evil alien coming to Earth to screw <laughs> stuff up, right? <laughs> but his circumstances are forcing him to to uh, adapt that way. And he's learning. He doesn't, since he doesn't have those type of connections in the show, in the show universe... Uh, I think you're right. Because of that, he's got to develop that sense of connection with the humans leading mm-hmm. to that. I, uh, like, uh, he's not going to blow up to Earth. I mean, that'd be a very weird way to <laughs> end I think the series, we can right? safely say, yeah, yeah. Although that would sure be a twist that I wouldn't see coming at this point. Right. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> bye-bye, Max. Hasta everybody. But, uh, yeah, the, the exclusion of that detail from the book and the show is is uh, the main thing. The lack of humani- humanity-like connections that's going to lead to that arc mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah, we hope. 
We hope. We're figuring. <laughs> it would make sense, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see because we're only three episodes in. And, you know, uh, just thinking about it, too, I think this show would not be as enjoyable as it is if not for Alan Tudyk himself. I, I completely agree. A, a much lesser actor with less comedic timing, less empathy in his comedic performances, because there's a lot of empathy there, too, mm-hmm. would not be able to make it work. Uh, this show is reminding me, structure-wise, of a lot of like early 2000-type shows with you know, a lot of voiceovers, a lot of flashbacks or... or little character moments to things that help the character grow, right? And in, in this show, it's the the 59. Yes, the 59 yeah. miners that save, you know, 59, 59 died, to save, died one. to save one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching a lot of shows back in, like, the mid to late 2000s where they kind of had, you know, characters in these type of situations where they're confronted with something like that, and it's uh, voiceover-driven. It's a narration. Yeah. Usually, I find those kind of cheesy for the most part and kind of distracting. Because they're basically telling you, they're telling you what the character's feeling, so you don't have to figure out figure it out by yourself, right? Yeah, I'm not saying narrations like that are bad writing or a bad form or whatever, but I think it's a very finicky type of format if you don't do it correctly. Resident Alien and because of Alan Tudyk himself, I think it, I think that that usual weakness, in my opinion, has become a strength for the show. You you want Harry to be narrating stuff just. Because, again, you're, we're getting insight like we would with the other shows, but they're also so damn funny. They and, are. <laughs> and the narrations interact so well with with his actual dialogue, too. Yeah. The whole, like, there's a dead me in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I agree. Um, his narrations and the way that they flow within the show, I think, work really well and they're really great at giving us um you know kind of like his point of view as like again this alien who's not quite human but trying to be human um and you know the stuff that he's like i guess (laughs) learning (laughs) to internalize now that he is human (laughs) (laughs) and his his own his own worries and so i um yeah i and they're plus i mean they're hysterical and you're completely right i think whoever decided to cast alan tudyk in this role like give them some more money because he has like you said the comedic and empathetic chops to balance the two you know the humor the kind of this, you know, the new emotions that he's experiencing um, to make him, empath- you know, to make the viewer empathetic for him, but also like he's a murderous alien. So <laughs> kind of lurking underneath. <laughs> so it's it's a really fine balance and he does it extraordinarily well. And I I agree. I'm not sure who else that you could find that could really pull that off. Um, because he, he's absolutely nailed it. I mean, I watched the first episode and literally I was like, Alan Tudyk is an alien. Like there's, he's <laughs> too good at this. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Alan's so got good. That, uh, 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 for the lack of a better phrase, I'm going to call it that alternative leading man style. <laughs> if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it makes it, it makes sense to me, I guess. 
he's he's not your he he's not the typical uh type of actor and performer I think you would see in a more mainstream type of show that was mm-hmm. less less quirky as as a resident alien is. Yeah. But like So giving him the lead like just putting him front and center that way and unleashing him basically. Yeah. You're you're getting something unique. Yeah. I mean everything like the way he moves the the way his his facial his, his facial feature <laughs> the way he moves his face and like the various faces that he makes while doing certain things I mean like it's all like it's it's the whole it's the whole pack like he's just it's it's so good <laughs> that, <laughs> the whole uh, package is just so good great a uh, great example of of that the balance of comedic and 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 uh and heavy and drama right that moment where Asta's in uh. It's Dr. Hodges' office, right? And she's just come. Yes. She, she's mourning. She's finally letting herself mourn. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole episode, she's not letting people touch the stuff in the office, right? No, this is his office. It's a crime scene. We can't touch anything. In actuality, yeah. she just doesn't want to, you know, process. That, you know, and she's that, having a hard time letting it's go. It's a finality. If you start moving things yeah. out of the office or giving mm-hmm. it to someone else, you're, she's being forced to move on. So, yeah. Great writing. Such good writing. But that <laughs> moment where, she sits, where she's sitting in the chair, right? And then mm-hmm. Harry walks by and just notices her. You know, we're feeling sad. We're feeling very sad for us at this moment. It's a very somber moment. We, he walks in and he kind of, this, mo- this moment he walks in and he just kind of turns around. He does his facial expression looking in the office. There's no one here. There's no one sitting there. The yeah. facial expression <laughs> in that moment just kills me. It's a somber, <laughs> sad moment, but I died laughing just because of the face he made. But then even with that, like that scene continues because Harry even though he he's feeling like, oh, she needs to move on. Like, I don't want to do this. He sits down and then plays a game of cards with her. And it's very because he knows or he can tell that that's and what And there's that narration needs. coming in, that narration yes. that would not have worked in another show, but it works perfectly Worst, here. Yeah. And so like it and it and so then it flows so beautifully because, again, there are these moments of great emotion punctuated with humor but then it it still manages to keep the story flowing without like it running it into a brick wall and derailing that emotion um because you know we have even in our sadness you know moments of humor and levity um so i yeah it it just works really well you know, I was watching, I watched all the episodes again today. <laughs> I watched them all again yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's that's how a much comfort, we love this a, show. A comfort show for, for sure. Already, but, yeah. Uh, in that moment, uh, you know, when they sit down to play the card game and he's narrating, there's that moment where he flips the cards over and he's just looking at them all confused. And he's, yeah. he's exposing <laughs> his whole hand, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm wondering, was that scripted or or was this, was that Alan Tudyk just kind of riffing, just like, Oh, that's a good question. It would be it would be fun to maybe and they might have on the I haven't looked on the sci-fi app. You can get the episodes for free there, but I haven't looked at like any of the other um I don't so I don't know if they have some like behind the scenes um information that might be fun to know because it it would be it would be curious to see like how much of it is in the script and how much is some of this like Alan Tudyk kind of improvising and bringing in himself? Because um, I I could imagine that he actually, I mean, again, maybe not familiar with 
everything that he's done, but I feel like we heard about like in Rogue One, there was a little bit of improvising too with him. <laughs> and so um, it wouldn't surprise me if if there was a little bit of that happening the, here. The Cassian slap was improvised, wasn't it? Yes, yes, that was improvised. <laughs> and that is my favorite moment because I think Diego Luna starts to laugh and he's like he's covering, covering his, his face mouth, and, they, but he and can the tell camera like cuts away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of little quirks like that that just make me think it's Alan Tudyk doing it. It's he can script as much as he want, but he can't script everything. It's like impossible to just script every single little detail yes. yeah. into what you're doing, unless you're Stanley Kubrick. Which <laughs> I mean, if you know Stanley Kubrick, you you know. But uh, little moments like that just make it more not just comical, but more relatable. Mm-hmm. In a sense, strangely, yeah. somehow. <laughs> I mean, there's this, uh, we've mentioned it many times, he's a murderous alien. He's got malicious intent. Episode three ends on a very chilling note, in in my opinion. Um, but then yeah. you got these moments like that where I'm just like, hey, I like you, man. This is a, good for you. You're, you're doing something cool right now. I, yeah. I, I want to play cards with y'all now. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you also, when he kind of has these more, I guess, human slash emotional breakthroughs, you're like, oh, good job. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and in some way, but, you know, it's just like, so he has these, but then in some ways he's still um, learning slash completely oblivious because there's like the bartender, Darcy, who is very into him. Um and he's like I completely hmm? I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all of the secondary characters, even though um many of them are not completely fleshed out yet. Um, or maybe we call them tertiary characters at this point. I don't even know. But like They're there's at the a very least good walking punchlines. Yeah. <laughs> Which we mean in a nice way, not like Yeah. Um, because like everybody, I mean, they have, I guess, I guess what, how I would put that is they have personalities. I think sometimes in shows, it's like you get a lot of background characters and they all kind of feel the same because they don't really have very much personality. But here, all of these kids, like they have a lot of person. There's a lot of personality in this town. <laughs> a lot of personality um, in the town. And there's that one scene that breaks down the main side characters down really nicely with another Harry voiceover. He, yeah. It's another one of those. He's observing humanity and he's using these side characters that, like you're saying, have a personality, if not necessarily character. But he's, they're being utilized as a growing moment for Harry, right? You know, sadness disguises anger, uh, weakness disguises superiority, and then you get the punchline. And a rabbit. Which, uh, <laughs> a, this one's more like a rabbit that loses its hair if you yell at it too much. Neglect it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Deputy Liv. <laughs> I like her. She deserves more respect. I like all of them. That, I like all of the. Yeah, that's something that's so weird for me with this series as a whole comics and 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 show usually there are characters that i don't really care about or straight up don't like but hearing the even the asshole characters in this show i'm like you are funny <laughs> i like it when you talk because it's gold because i know you're an asshole um <laughs> looking at you sheriff uh or deputy Big black. Whoever, whatever it is yeah sheriff um, thompson but they call me he, Big black 
Because <laughs> of your truck. <laughs> because of your truck. Because of your truck. You know, you funny. Uh... <laughs> Telling you, you watch this, you watch this series, you're going to have everything memorized. It, it's, it's, it is all, this is better than, or on par, I'm not going to say better, but it's on par with the prequel trilogy as far as like meme content is. Is concerned. <laughs> there should be more meme content, actually, because this show is great. I mean, the first episode alone, Harry reacting to learning some new phrases and words, <laughs> inappropriate <laughs> phrases and words, <laughs> like the meme potential is off the charts. <laughs> and the reason it. the reason there aren't more memes is because not enough people are watching it, I think. And that's making me sad. I I. I posted on my Instagram that, you know, I was going to read the comic, right? And I got a few comments from people saying, oh, yeah, how is it? Uh, I have a, I have the shows on my DVR or I've been wanting to watch this show. Or, oh, yeah, this show looks interesting, right? A lot of people, a lot. Of, it seems to me that a lot of people are aware of this show. Obviously, because sci- sci-fi actually, has been, yeah. sci-fi has been, you know, promoting it like crazy. You can they even watch the episodes have. for free. Yeah. So people are aware of it, but they're not actively watching it. Yes, I've seen a few people talk about it on Twitter, but not a ton of people. I'm like, watch it, watch it, watch it. I mean, I tried, so I'm in a Slack channel with my friends, and we have a channel called, um, like, Listen, Read, Watch, where we drop recommendations for, you know, content for people to consume. And I was like, Resident Alien, Resident Alien, you should watch Resident Alien, you know, and so it's, you know, people are always talking or, you know, recommending various things, but I was like, you need to watch Resident Alien. Um, so, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get more people. <laughs> I figure I've watched the episodes twice, so I'm helping bump up those numbers a little bit, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah, got John I, on board, I don't, so that was nice. Yes, yes. John is also fully on board with Resident Aliens, so <laughs> we are We're all enjoying it. Sci-fi, hire us to just podcast about Resident Alien. I would I would be happy doing doing that. Yeah, could we get Alan Tudyk on the podcast? Um, we have <laughs> questions. Alan, are you really a human or maybe an alien? <laughs> Alan, does it hurt when you transform into your human form? That's one thing I want to talk about a little bit because I enjoy when I enjoy that there's also so this show is very humorous, but I enjoy there that there's also kind of this creep factor with the alien. And like, I don't I don't feel like it's overboard, Um but, you know, there is a little bit of that, you know, kind of like in the beginning um, when he shows up at Impatience and kills the real Harry Vanderspiegel. Um, And then a couple other, you know, moments where he's definitely kind of like, I don't know if I want to say like stereotypical alien, but it it seems, um, you know, it's like some of the sounds, um, sound effects that they use for him are kind of like aliens. I don't know how you would just, you know, but like the, 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 yeah, yeah. signs or you know whatever that was <laughs> that was a predator um, i was doing but oh, he does, well okay yeah signs signs yeah yeah he's got some science like type of qualities yeah um, um yeah but there, i but i like that. that because there is a little bit of creep there but it's not except it's like 
just the right amount for a murderous alien masquerading I, I, as a human I think, that's hilariously funny, but not overboard. I, I think I think it doesn't go overboard because it's as creepy as it is. All those scenes always end in a punchline of some sort. Yes. Yeah. So any any that could be a plus or a negative depending on who you're talking to. Yes, yeah. You got this creepy alien and like, yeah. You know, it's it's a horrible situation, a terrifying situation, quote unquote. But then you undercut that horror with a laugh. Uh when he comes across the cowboy in New Mexico, yeah. right? That that that's that should scary. Yeah. But then the I next mean, shot is him riding the horse with the cowboy hat on. Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not given the time to to dwell on the on the on the spook factor. Yeah. For I better or just, for worse. Yeah. I also just really love the alien design, like the way that the feet are. There's something about the alien feet that really. I like the tripod it. feet. Yeah. I like it a lot. I don't know. If that I like the little T Rex hands on his chest. Yeah. And, and then the little T. And then his big, like, claw. his actual arms. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting design. So, no, no it doubt. is an interesting design. I mean, the head is very kind of like the stereotypically like big alien head and the big alien eyes, but um but I like I like the body design. Um so, yeah, it's good. I like it. If you consider yourself smarter than a lizard or a panda, we really, really recommend you watch this yes. series. Yes. Uh, cook up some chili dogs, get some almond milk. Just <laughs> or not. Down. Or not. Maybe not the almond milk. You're right. Number one killer. <laughs> <laughs> not heart disease, almond milk. <laughs> but uh, for real, as you could tell by this whole recording, we've been talking about it now for you know a little over like 50 minutes and yeah oh sorry on, yes. on the recording yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> has it been a week since we discovered it yeah I, I i think so i think it's been about a week since we started watching and i remember i brought it up like a month ago before it even premiered uh-huh and i had i was like oh yeah i saw promos for that show it's yeah, so weird yeah, it, was, it was very much uh yeah sure yeah. Type, uh, type of decision and we're just I mean, so happy we took the plunge yes I mean I'll be honest like I rarely watch actual like broadcast television these days like something that's on cable you know usually it's Netflix or Amazon or Disney plus um, so this is actually the first kind of like broadcast show I'm watching and it's it's nice I'm I'm enjoying kind of being back in that like weekly um, you know, having a having a show that I like and a weekly episode to look forward to. It's nice. Welcome and back, hilarious. Catherine. Yeah. You kept your seat warm. <laughs> I won't just watch the same old things over and over and over again. Well, now I'm just going to be watching Resident Alien over and, and over again. and over again. <laughs> but it's a new thing. <laughs> I approve for now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> But but for real, uh, please watch this show. Please uh, give it some love. It's give it some it's love. Really good. So I mean, I did not. I mean, I obviously you know I know who Alan Tudyk is, and I knew it would probably be pretty humorous. But I was not expecting just how funny it would be, but also how emotional the story is as well, and the depth that it has. Like it's not. It's not just like a shallow. I mean, like we have talked, there are a lot of really hilarious one-liners, but a show built on one-liners, like 
you know, you get over it pretty quickly. So this is nice that there's like, there are these hilarious one-liners, but there's also a lot of hidden emotional depth as well. So it's, it's good. I'm surprised at how much I love it, but now I want everybody to watch it because I think it needs a lot more love. Yeah, it needs a lot more love and read the comic too. Yes, it's, it's, because a, the it's comic a good, is also good. Brisk read. It, it won't take too long. It is very different, but it's yeah equally it's equally enjoyable and and good. I would say. You know, we didn't bring up the diversity in both the comic and the. I, I, I guess just to kind of uh, nightcap this episode, uh, I appreciate the agency that the Native American characters are getting. Yes, that's great. Um, in both the comic and in the show. And like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence on the comic, just because in the comic it comes off a little more stereotypical as far as the way they are all, they're all spiritual and they have these dream quests and whatnot. Yeah. So the- uh, uh, they're good characters and they round it out in the comic, but. There's a little thing of that for me. So, um, again, I'm on the fence. <laughs> the show does a much better job balancing that as both a plus for Asta and a negative. It leads yeah. to her. It adds to her outsider feeling, but it's also a source of comfort mm-hmm. at the same time. So it, it's nice seeing yeah. that without it being a joke or a demonization or or what have you. It's It's just part of her character. Yeah. And her dad's character. Yeah. And it's just like it's with... Without it, I guess, um, you know, yeah, I guess in the comic, it's kind of like, I don't I don't necessarily want to say magic because obviously, um, you know, um, it's kind of magic. It's it's kind of magic in the comics. Um, but here, it's you know, in the in the show, it's just like this. This is a part of who they are. It's spiritual um, healing in the in the show. More magic type Disney type yeah. stuff. You've seen Pocahontas in the comic. Uh, so if if that's a selling point you like supporting diverse properties by all means please 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 by all means do it yeah so once you do watch resident alien please let us know what you think about it Uh, and you can do so on twitter and instagram at brainslugpod you can do so also on our website at bluelabpro.com slash brainslug uh, if you want to talk to me directly about something Resident Alien related or not, whatever, uh, you can do so on Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can come chat with me about Resident Alien and anything else on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. And you know, I'm just gonna finish this off by saying I'm looking forward to talking about Resident Alien again uh, once yes, the season starts wrapping up. Me too. I, you know, I really hope it continues um, to just grow each episode. So, me too. So, on that note, until next time, bye bye. Bye. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to the Brain Slug Podcast. Edited and produced by Adrian Mesa with original music composed by Felipe Rosales. And original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs>